You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me as we study through the book of Job this week. Today, we're asking, how can we apply the book of Job devotionally to our lives? We've looked at theological truths of the realities of God being present with us, wise in all of our situations, and good in the midst of our suffering. And so now we want to ask, okay, how can we live out and apply these realities uh, in the midst of our suffering? In order to do that, I've got just a few questions from the passage. Now, we want to remember that uh, when we look at uh, any, uh, any scripture passage, we look at the context of the passage, what's going on, when is this taking place. Remember, Job is uh, really chronologically within the book of Genesis during the time of the patriarchs. We look at the impact of culture upon uh, the book of Job and the book of Job upon the culture in which it's written. And then we finally ask, how does this passage point us to Christ. So the 42 chapters that we uh, we see in the book of Job, and you're only going to read a few this week in order to get the overall uh, focus of the book. Uh, how do they point us to Christ? Well, I've got five questions for you found in the different chapters we, we're going to look at. Number one, uh, we find Job at the very beginning. It says, there was a man who lived in the land of Uz, and he was a blameless, upright man. But we see a picture of his uh uh, of the righteousness of his heart, not only in how he lives for, for God, but in how he wants to make sure that his sons and his daughters are covered uh, with this uh, uh, atonement through his own prayers and sacrifice. And so look at uh, chapter 1. It says that he, when his sons and daughters go and, and go do the feasts, that Job would say, just in case they sinned, let me offer for them. And here's my question for you. Now, now again, the, the context of that culture is different from ours. But today, you and I, whether it's biological children or even spiritual children, we have a, a leadership over them. And I want to ask you, how often do you pray for your children? You're biological, you're spiritual. And then not only how often, because that might be an easy answer, but a, a, a tougher answer might be, what do you pray over them? Is it just rote prayers that you just kind of memorize and go through? Or do you intentionally uh, think through your prayers over them each day? And this is very important. First, are you praying for your kids? Are you praying for those you have spiritual authority over? How often are you praying for them? And then what are you praying for them? I want you to, as you meet with your family, as you meet with your small group, uh, talk through that important question. A second question we get from the text is, of course, chapter 1 and 2, Job is hit with uh, suffering. Uh, we talked in yesterday's episode about not only the physical pain, but especially the mental and emotional struggle he uh, dealt with. And so just a, a question to get conversation started is, how do you respond to suffering? What not, how should you? But how do you? What What are certain things that you uh, you you, are, you respond naturally with? Because people respond in different ways. Uh, fight or flight is, is are common thoughts in that. But do you respond with anger? Do you respond with uh, maybe peace and and you work through some things? Uh, so think through that. Talk through your process again. Not how should you, but how do you? 
<coughs> and then once you talk through how you do respond, then think through, is that the way you should? Um, so we look at Job's responses, but we also look at the responses of his friends. At the end of chapter 2, they come, they sit for seven days, and then they begin their uh, conversation with Job. So as a friend or as a, as a counselor or, or just as a family member, the third question is this. Are you quick to speak and slow to listen, or are you slow to speak and quick to listen? This is a very important question because the Word of God tells us to be slow to speak, quick to listen. But do we find ourselves talking more than we listen and jumping to conclusions before we hear the whole story? And <clears throat> one of the most important things you can do is evaluate your practice and then uh, look, at, uh, look at what others might say about you. This is a very important thing we see in the book of Job is the conversation of his friends. More than half of the book of Job is his friends talking to Job and offering their own advice. So evaluate and uh, through that process, think through what we should be doing. Number four. Uh, when we get to towards the end of Job, Job just lays out some questions. And I just want you to think about what are certain questions that you have for God? Write them down. Think through them. And, and don't be ashamed or don't uh, try, to, try, try to sugarcoat. Or be honest. What would be if you had God's attention right now, right before you, and you knew that he would answer you? What are certain questions you might ask him? But then from that, that's not a time for you to just list everything and then just uh, assert your authority. Then think through those questions and thank God for his authority. You see, it's never wrong to ask questions of God. It's wrong, though, to question God and understand the difference. It's not wrong to ask questions of God for information and to ask, hey, God, I don't understand this. But when we question God's heart, when we question his authority, and when we question his goodness, that's when it becomes sin. And so it's okay to ask questions. Write those questions down, but let them turn you to praise of how great and mighty he is. And then the last question I have for us today is this. We know the end of Job's story. We get that. Job didn't know during, during his uh, walk through this process in his life but we know the end of the story. But not only do we know the end of his story, we really know the end of our story. The Bible declares that it is appointed once for man uh, to die and after that the judgment. And then we see from New Testament writings and, and especially Revelation what will take place after the judgment and after uh, time on earth is completed. There will be a new heaven and new earth. How does the gospel shape our life? Job didn't know the end of his story, but he knew that he would see his Redeemer one day. So the gospel, even looking to a Messiah, a Redeemer, shaped his trust in God. How does the gospel, even us knowing even more of the, uh, the picture, how does it shape our life? What are some things you can look back on and say, this is how I trusted in the gospel in the midst of my suffering? Walk through that. And as we close out today, we close out with that famous verse from Job, our memory verse, Job 19, verse 25, where Job says, As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last... 
he will take his stand on the earth. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last, he will take his stand on the earth. I pray today that you know your Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who lived, died, was buried, and rose again, that he lives today, and he is coming back for you and I. What a great promise. What a great blessing. And I pray that we can take this text and apply it devotionally to our lives today. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.